Welcome back to the Levity Zone. Yours truly, Dr. Bruce, is back on a long trip, literally halfway around the world. I started out at the Science of Consciousness Conference in Tucson, Arizona, bounced back for the 30th Contact Conference to Sunnyvale, California, and then zoomed off to Islamabad, Pakistan, where I am now. Along the way, I presented our new approach to life's origins and had a live video chat with Deepak Chopra in front of 20,000 of his fans. Met with the leading planetary scientists studying where to go on Mars to look for signs of life and generally had a splendid time. I'm now finishing up here, helping my longtime company re-engineer the way they build our products, the great-grandchildren of those Elixir applications for PCs that I wrote back in the 80s while in my baby-faced 20s. During one beautiful April spring day here, I journeyed out to a wonderful lakeside retreat, handcrafted by Shanaz Manila, the wonderfully energetic former partner and current friend of Elixir founder Basad Hamid. We spent a delightful time gup-shupping, Pakistani for shooting the breeze, while breezes flowed and Pashtuns from the north of the country, where Shanaz is from, installed English-style thatch roofs. Did I mention how amazingly creative Shinny is? We started out discussing my term lock-in, which I use to describe the prime driver transforming humanity into tech-connected, time-sliced, consumer- and capital-based robotic lives. We then moved on to how to counteract lock-in by providing support for Pakistani artisans so that this relentless machine of progress doesn't crush them out of existence. Pakistan has one of the world's finest craft industries, largely undiscovered and unexported. As China develops this region and the U.S. thankfully departs, Many of these highly skilled hand workers will find their livelihoods replaced as mass-produced goods enter the market. This is a classic example of what has happened all over the world, to the point that entire skills treasured for a thousand years are now lost. So join me now in the beautiful bird-filled, fragrant-aired springtime in the heart of the old Indus civilization, for this conversation of the future fate, of part of what it is to be human, our connection with craft. Oh, partway through, one of the cute puppies here started an exuberant rearranging of the gravel beneath our feet. Listen for it. We can hear the batons doing the uh, doing the thatch in the background. So we're here with Shinny and Bunigala and Peach Street. Which is uh, your retreat center you bought in 98? In 98, I've just realized, huh? Yeah. So I was asking you, Bruce, um, because of technology going all crazy, yeah? Mm. And um, how are we going to sustain this technology? Well, the thing is the technology sustains itself. Mm. So, but humans are getting locked into it. So this is what I call lock-in. It's where you move to the new flats being built here in Islamabad. You get the smartphone, the big TV, 
you know, you get the job, you have debt, debts to pay, you have to pay for family, uh, and you have consumer products you have to buy, Yes. And, and you're constantly locked into social media and stuff like that, and you have to raise money for child, children education, and commute, and you don't wake up and never see the dawn, you never are part of the, the holy hour, the sacred hour, and you're just, uh, you become a robot, you become a, a packet, a, a mechanism in the machinery. So you're one unit of delivery now. And so as though everyone's commuting, you know, on, on the highways and the motorways and there are units of delivery for the machine. Fantastic. And it, the finances died into it, politics is controlled by it. Hmm. That's lock-in and it's happened to two billion people in 25 years. It's wow. breathtaking. Two billion, billion people in have gotten locked in. Two billion fully, physically, mentally, it, mentally emotionally. socially, uh, emotionally. They have less and less access to emotions. Yes, because it's all mental stimulation. Mm -hmm. So they they lack empathy, mm -hmm. um, and the children are getting trained into the system early. So lock-in is a huge uh, mechanism. It's very self-sustaining. Um, and it's going to take most of humanity with it. I don't think there's much that can stop this thing. Have you come up with this term yourself, Bruce? Yeah, years ago when I was in Peru under a building just like this with a thatch. I, I see and you realize, yeah? We're in, we're going to lock-in. We're locking in. And what, what will happen to those people who don't make the lock-in choice? They do, what do they do? Um, They're okay? Yes and no. Um, Why no? Because if you're not, if you don't have the smartphone, you get locked out of the economy. Like you can't order a ride service. You can't, you can't buy a pirata, you know, can't go to the chemists. Right? So how are you, when cash disappears, like physical cash coins, so those people are locked out. So when they're locked out, can't they still maintain the simple lifestyle that they used to without being... Perhaps. I don't know. Uh, they might be able to. So the Patans that are here... Yeah, they're... They're, they're there, right? They're not in, they're not in lock-in. Not at all. So they're some of the only, only people left that aren't locked in. Are you serious? No, but why? Are you only talking about Pakistan or your, the world or what? In the world. Why? So there are simple people around the world. There are simple There are fewer and fewer. So, so for example, in Afghanistan, in uh, the Patan country, which you call, what do you call it in Pushto? The Patan lands. Pukhtunistan? No, no, no. Pukhtunistan. Uh, uh, that is one way. Why? So, Pukhtunistan, it has the old way. Yes. There's only a few places that are still left that are that way. It's maybe one of the biggest ones. In the world. In the world. That's left. No, but haven't there aren't there the various other tribes all over some places no. in Africa and very few. So so for example And you're talking about functioning societies. Functioning societies. So most of them are not functional. I get it, the other ones. The other ones. So I go to the Amazon. Yes. And in the Amazon you have maybe one percent of the people still living in the rainforest. Hmm. You can see them alongside the river. They have big thatched buildings, two stories high, poles. They're pole houses yes. like you're doing here. And underneath, the pigs are living. Mm. The pigs and the chickens and the people are up above. Mm. 
you find that in Thailand, okay. you know, and things like that. Uh, but 99% of the people have moved to big towns, and they live in sh tin shacks, and they have big TVs and smartphones and They've three also jobs. Done that. Yeah, they're locked in. So the place I go called Pucolpa in Peru in the Amazon is exactly like that. But if you go up into the Andes, um, into the Sacred Valley, a place called Pisek, you can get to 5,000 meters. You find people called the Quechua. Okay. And the Quechua, they're they're like these guys, mm. and they they have beautiful bright faces. They have clear eyes. Mm. They don't use much cash, right? Because they, all their needs are met. They eat guinea pigs, and they eat potatoes. Got it. Because they live at an altitude where there's no trees, super high, mm. Andes, and uh, fresh water. Uh, they make colorful clothes. Mm. fantastic people and they come down like their children's come down to go to schools mm. to join the tourist trade mm. so they send their children to walk four hours down mm. to residential schools to learn how to be a modern person these are kids that eat with their hands that don't use utensils they have uh, they have dirt on their faces which helps them to develop an immune system mm. So the, the just like our children over here, the poor children. Yeah. Well, the parents put the dirt there. They put it purposely for, put it. Yeah, for health. Wow. Yeah, and these kids have red faces because they they're from eighteen thousand feet. You know, they're from really high out high oh up. My, in Peru now, huh? Yeah, in Peru. So, those places, the high mountain places, tend to preserve the old ways because no roads to some of those yes. places, right? And uh, no access. No access and no electricity and whatever. So Bruce, when you talk about Pathans, have you done research or why are you saying this? I've done a little bit, but I, 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 you know, I, I know just from meeting them here. But Got it. Yeah, a name, you know. Yes. Name's whole, um, his whole persona. It's, yes. Yeah. I just love it. I mean, I love to come in contact with it. Yes, yeah. and these, you know, these guys are just like that. For instance, Iqbal over here. These guys are, he's not here right now. They're just so earth. Mm. They're just so earth, yeah. So these people are disappearing, right? Uh, so they are in Peru. There's There are little bits. There's none in Europe. Uh, there's none in uh, North America. It's mostly gone. Mexico is mostly gone. Uh, little bits of Mesoamerica, it's still there. But, you know, you go to a place like Brazil and they've devastated the rainforest and there's me mega cities, 30 million people. What, are the, what about that, that race that believes in, what are they called? Oh my god, I forget the name. The ones who don't believe, who are totally locked out also. Yeah, there's um, there in the United States there's the Amish. Amish, that's exactly. Yeah, and they they have to actively resist it, right? So they have their horses. They, are carriage. they existing? Yeah, they still exist in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so they have a horse and carriage. Yes. They they drive cars and probably have cell phones at this point, but they have a really strong uh, culture to have to resist everything. But they are dependent upon the outside, so they make crafts, they, they need finances coming in from the system to keep going. So now Bruce, our country is in that state right now, okay? Mm. And just before China comes and takes over, you know, we had crafts and I don't want those to disappear. Mm. So what do we do? We need to 
yeah. reserve those, huh? Well, uh, I have a friend who lives in Ghana, mm. and if you go to markets in Ghana now, you yes. know those beautiful, long, decorative, colorful print outfits? Yes. They're all made in China now. So the most local West African thing you can imagine... Is made somewhere else. Is made in China, to make it look like a craft thing. This is in Ghana, where you're buying them, and they're made in China. Oh so God. it's a machine, right? So it, the machine will grind up and take over anything that is monetizable or copyable. And that's exactly what yeah, they're and going to do with everything in Pakistan, also crafts, I guess. Well, it'll take a chunk of it. It'll take a piece. So do you think a handmade craft is going to have value still in the future world? It will as a specialty item, like, for example, rich people, they seek them through, say, Etsy. The Etsy website features these handmade kinds of crafts, and, and they, they sell them for more, so there's, that's still going on. And there's a whole movement in craft, uh, like uh, responsibly grown foods that are grown on farms, and so there is an economy around There that. is an economy There is an economy. Because, yeah, it's exclusive now, I guess, you know. But for most people, those crafts will go away. Like in the United States, 99% of what people buy is made in a factory, you know, not handmade. Never. You know, Anything, you know. In the olden days, we used to have, you know, clothes for the weddings done by hand. It was a very specialized thing. Now the whole machine has taken over hmm. all the work. The weddings? The wedding clothes for women. Yeah. were all hand done in the past oh. now that's all machine done really so you get the same complete look the same expensive look but uh, the machine is doing it you know wow and uh, just the, the cotton fabric you know this hand hand loom so what do we do now Bruce I want this to remain in Pakistan and I want to export export whatever what it because you know the local market has no appreciation for something that is made no, locally no. so I really want to now gather and maybe it's the collaboration we can start doing well, you know what years ago I would go up to Lok Versa yes and buy these most unique things yes I mean, these unique wall hangings that yes. were circular yes there's no way you could find that in the US like there were things like these made out of paper mache from way up in the different Honza, areas yes. Europe in Honza or something yes little camels and things like that they're made out of paper mache yeah. they're very beautiful little bells yes you know and made by just one family i mean i think that the only way to sustain that is to collect those artists yes. together as a yes. collective yes and then market them as one unit in things like etsy or like online but get into an online marketplace and first collect them collect them yeah get a, a collection of the best people who can deliver pretty consistently in higher volumes. Collect for consistency in higher volumes. And then uh, create some kind of collective you know, payment system. Uh, I have a friend who has done this with the Weechol in Central America, and they make beaded pots, like beaded gourd things, like super fine. And they have this collective. She's managed to centralize it all. And then money goes back to the Weechol village, and part of it is for the people, and part of it is for infrastructure hmm. to build out their water systems and things, you know. I see. So that it, it, part of the money is to invest in them as a people, hmm. because in some sense, 
if it all just goes to the people, they're not such a cash people, you know. So if they understand that what we're doing is we're, we're doing this thing in order to build a better school or, a, you know, it's going to pay for something for the whole community, you know. So then that, yeah. Apparently there's a guy in Sri Lanka who's come up with this model. It's like the Grameen Bank. It's like the... Mm. Huh? For crafts? For, for I don't know whether it's for crafts. No. Uh. So that's what we need to do, huh? A sustainable thing for... Yeah, crafts. and I'm sure there's hundreds of these things online. I see. You could study hundreds mm. and hundreds. I see. When I go to Lima, I go to the Indian market, and I go to one particular stall because it's a collective of Indian crafts from one place, and the quality and the innovation is so good because what you'll find in in these big markets is the people are stamping out the same stuff they're they're copying other artists because they think that's what's selling but actually what people are looking for is unique things yes and so this particular collective every time i go there i'm never i'm never disappointed there's always something beautiful and it's a women's collective where is this in peru peru and uh, I always compliment them, and they're always very pleased about it. These really sh- short women, they're probably Witoto or Shipibo, round faces. And there's always two or three of them selling, but then there's a whole village that has um, made several villages, I think. So, okay, so you've given me a brilliant idea, Bruce, that to collect them over a couple of whatever years or whatever, because there's a, huh? Yeah. And then, but I will require initial investment or I ask somebody for that or what? No, just make a site. For instance, we have beautiful blue pottery in Multan. Yes. And it is clear, gorgeous. It's, yeah. Okay, this blue color, huh? Yeah. Like that, that vase over there, the big vase. Yeah. Oh, it's, don't, it's, it's famous, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and Multan ti- is one of the oldest cities in the world. And the tile work. Is, and the tile work. They use it on all the so, mosques. Yes. Yeah. So what do I do now? I make a whole website, you're saying? Well, what you do is you'd go to the craftsmen, yes. craftspeople, yes. and take not only the pictures of their work, but of them, Got them it. and their lives and how they make it, like document, like we just did with the thatch, Yes. like how these guys are making English cottage thatch in, in Pakistan. But yeah. there's an interesting story along with it. Their houses, their people, and you you tell their story, and yes. then then you make that your storefront in whatever site, and then people come to see the products, but they can click and they can get the people's stories and, and get a personal connection. So now listen, Bruce, I want to do this for all parts of Pakistan because we don't know how to market ourselves as mm-hmm. a nation, mm-hmm. and now just the time is right now. I and think it is. Yeah, it's just the right time because I you know. Then we could create a movement of that they shouldn't be bought over. Yeah, and do it before they go out of business because unfortunately they're going to go out of business. Yes, they are. And so with the new airport opening next week, we think, what that means for this area is a lot more shipment. Yes. Right. So there will be more air carriers coming through because you have to be able to ship this stuff, Hmm. all these goods out. Yeah. So there will be more capacity for air shipment. Yes. And that's the way that you're going to move these goods to the market. Because you're going to need a like a central hub where, say, these Multani yes. vases come in. Yes. they got to be packaged very carefully. Right? Yes. 
uh, and beautiful uh, designs for uh, these crows are <laughs> the crows are in, uh, having their day they're all talking to one another right now So what you are saying to say the shipment is is going to be good for doing this or so, so consider you, you hire other crafts people to make beautiful wooden crates like yes. wooden boxes yes. that are also designed yes and then they have the 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 special um, wrappers and straw or whatever needs to be in there or might have to be you know uh, protection for the vase hmm. and then something that's put in which is a printed material um, showing the family and the person who made it got it right yes little simple brochure and then you um, that's air shipped right and then a uh, the person gets that somewhere in the world opens it and it's a whole experience right because they can smell the straw coming out they can see the picture of the person that made it can you imagine how beautiful that is so there's a huge amount of value in that and then they keep the wooden box is also useful maybe instead of just for a vase box so they build a wooden box that has a drawer in it yes so that you can use it beautiful crazy things like that so the box is also a it's a gift to them you know and so they don't even know they're getting this extra box and so they get it and they get this beautiful Multani vase and then they have this box too and they like they feel the generosity and so they show it to their people that come over for dinner <laughs> exactly and they said they want to buy it too because it's all word of mouth you know so suddenly somebody in Copenhagen is like you get five or six orders in Copenhagen and so then you have a, a craft center that just makes containers beautiful just makes packaging absolutely and that's all it does and yeah so, so there's that part of it and little micro gifts that makes like extras like they can make some extra pottery thing or a pendant or something that would cost almost nothing here but it's added in so inside the vase there's an extra gift hmm. that they don't even know is coming I understand yeah so people are delighted and they feel a connection with the country and some of them will come visit because you've made a personal connection with with that when they bought it they want to come and see those people it's like I want to go up you know to KPK and visit your village you yeah know? they're gonna have that connection so you're gonna bring all these people who come into the country uh, because of these goods Bruce I think this is it because you know the only thing it was a it's just the perfect thing to do right now and but it has to be foreign I'm not going to even sell a thing over here yeah don't don't even it's all foreign yeah. the countries that can pay via PayPal and stuff like that Absolutely. makes it simple no bank transfers you know you probably you'll end up with an offshore bank account that gets all the payments anyway hmm. you know just if things are complicated here but banks may be fine here I don't know so now what you're saying is I create a website and then I start collecting these things huh yeah yeah go and tell the stories go with the crew and then go with camera the crew and camera camera uh, interviews like like videos tell their stories and then uh, beautiful depictions of their work you maybe get 20 of them 2025 call them artisans of pakistan 
Artisans of Pakistan. Just a second. <laughs> Artisans of Pakistan. Pakistan. And I'll send you this recording. You can listen to it again. Artisans of Pakistan. <laughs> Artisan of Pakistan. And I get, get that brand name, get the domain name, and uh, make the store Artisans of Pakistan. And make the? the the store call it Artisans of Pakistan. Okay. Or Pakistan Artisan. Something like that. I don't know. That rhymes a little bit. Listen, and now I want your opinion. Okay, so I registered a company called the Soul Sanctuary. And it's registered, huh? Mm -hmm. And then I was going to have soul crafts and soul travel and soul this and, you know, all that and all that. Mm -hmm. So should I stick to that name or... Sh or uh, I don't know, whatever, because you can have all kinds of brands. So you could have Pakistan Artisans by Soul Sanctuary. Okay. You know. So Soul Sanctuary can just be the one that is registered? It's, yeah, it's the overall framework. Yeah. Okay, but uh, n names can change. Names, yeah, you can create all kinds of different stores and brands, and because you might decide that the clothing line is different, Fantastic. you have a different name. But yes. artisan means physical objects. Yes, right? clothes is something, something else. Something else. Yeah. So every time the food, and if I go into you know, yeah, food and all that, so that. Well, here's something. What what I notice is the Patan foods, right? There's this particular. Yes. A sweet item, which is this beautiful, made in a big thing. Uh, the the uh, the the jaggery. Jaggery. Gur. Sugar. Gur. Yeah, yes. Sugar cane. Sugar cane, and it's so full of minerals. Yes. Right? It's, but I'm sure you can't get it outside this country. No, you can't. So that would be an extremely Fantastic. valuable export because you could talk about how it's made, the mineral content. Uh, it, it carries the infusion of Himalayan air, and then the the whole story around it and the how it's made and it's like some huge thing that they make it in, right? They have a fire yes. under it and they cook yes. it down and yes, just document that and that will sell. That will be very valuable. So what you're just saying, you know, this coming just going to the frontier two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and coming up with these guys and this, I've realized that it's the most precious province. And it's yeah. they just don't know how to. So anything from there, I should start. Anything from there is going to be extremely attractive, because it's totally rare. It's pure from pure people, and it has a health benefit because it carries the energy of those people and those mountains, right? And it's from an area that people have thought of in the past as dangerous or somehow dark, and you can completely, you know, transform or flip their their understanding. Wow. So there, it's like hidden people, you know, the hidden people of the world, you know, these Patans. When we opened the gate and we drove in and I saw the, the Patan guy, it's like, that's a unique energy. Energy. Right? Yeah. And Bruce, I swear upon God, when I'm with them the whole day, the reason I'm happy is when I've got that energy next to me. Yeah. They're regulated, they wake up early, they're... They're straightforward, they work solid, there's no shying around. And they just, they enjoy their meals. Yeah. They laugh. Yeah. And they really know how to, to be. Yeah, they know how to be. That they is, really do. They really do. They really do. And that's, that's a gift 
It's a it's a gift from the deep past. And do you know something? If somebody dies, they don't cry beyond a day. Hmm. This is what it's meant to be. So they don't have the attachments. No. no. They're here and now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're godly people. So this would be one great, you know, way of like, and Bruce, that could even afford my travels. If I, I the two things I can do is the crafts thing and, and teach wherever I go. Yeah. You can bring their story to the world. Uh, and people will come to hear it. Because these are people that are, they're, they're considered pariahs or somehow t yes. scary people, right? And you can flip that entire thing and say, these are who they are. Because these are abused people, abused by the Americans, abused before by the British, abused by the Pakistani army or whoever, whatever it's Absolutely, been. Absolutely, always. Been, always, always. Because, Bruce, so how can our communities, yours one and my one, how can we come together in an Esalon kind of an arrangement situation in yeah. which, you know, we are inviting great minds of the world. Even Pakistan, there are so many brilliant minds. In yeah, this like this afternoon uh, at four, I'm going to Dr. Aslan's house. Who's, who's Dr. Aslan? He's a physicist. Okay. Uh, from QAU. Kaidiasm, okay. Kaidiasm. Okay. And I'm doing a talk for his friends. We're doing like a salon. Okay. On all of my science. Okay. And he's so well read. <laughs> knows physicists of decades ago and, and built his own house in F7 in 1975 when there was nothing there yes and he's one of those amazing people and uh, they're here what's happening is there's this astrobiology network of Pakistan is being established for the study of life on earth and life in space and solar system and things it's being done in Pakistan yeah it's being done uh, organized by a Pakistani in Heidelberg at the University of Heidelberg okay and I'm doing a talk as part of the network okay so you're a part of the Heidelberg network the Pakistan astrobiology network okay and and so they have meetings in Lahore we had one talk at, in, at the university in November when it was getting established so that's an example of this but I think you going okay. out you yourself going and doing talks about these people and this project is more of my thing I get it yeah that is going to attract a lot and then it's going to attract a lot of people to come here and and go visit them and intellectuals and people into cultural transformation and because if you basically say that I'm bringing you a connection with some of the last old people like original people on the planet they're not in lock-in right so for humanity to remember its own soul and spirit it, it's going to lose that, right, with lock-in. It's going to be very deeply encaged. Right? The soul is going to be engaged. Yeah, it's going to be very confused. And people aren't going to be very here and now. They're going to be in mental state. Yeah, four or five billion people will be this way in 25 years. Oh, my God. Um, so now, Bruce, the program that we teach, the Shri Shri program, mm -hmm. is about that, no? We, we, we make that soul connection and yeah, people it's, suddenly get realized and, you know. Yeah, and, and it works. And, and it, it works. It allows people to break that mental state and to come back into their bodies, bodies. through breath work and yes. through mantras and through yes. meditation. And those are powerful tools that have come up because people are reaching out because... They, they feel unwell, right, in, in the mental locked-in state. 
so they're reaching out to get some relief from it. But unfortunately, they then have to go back in. You know, because they're stuck. Yeah, they're locked in. You know, as soon as they leave the retreat center and the first message, the first sound on their mobile, then they're back. They're back. Yeah. Now, how to be an avatar of the original state, you know, the avatar of these people, yes. plus the new modern tools that yes. are way up here, and to go into that's, the locked-in world. That's exactly what I was going to ask you right now, huh? Yeah, and those, that's a, that requires sort of a Jedi work. So in Star Wars, the Jedi were characters that had total energy connections Okay. with uh, the field or the source, they called it. Uh, the force, they called it in Star Wars. They call it the force, yes. Um, and there are people now who are very connected to something like that. You know, Sri Sri is a practitioner of a certain practice, but there are those who are the Jedis that directly connect with this force thing. And they move through the technological world. And they contact people in that world. And they're growing, they're rising, there's numbers of them rising. So as lock-in rises, these people are getting stronger and stronger. Because here's the point I was trying to make, actually. Jedi need the Empire to get trained and become strong. So if you're fighting against an Empire, you become very strong and very clear. So you need the empire. You need the empire to develop Opposite your Opposite values skills. are complementary. Otherwise, they wouldn't... That's right. ...got yeah. it so? Yeah, it's yin and yang, but it's more like two hands going up. Yes. One is pressing against the other. One is invisible. One's very visible. Yes. And they're pressing and they press and they move higher. Okay. So humanity is moving up with these two hands because actually the empire itself can't even move up without the force of this other thing. It, it's hidden. It's hidden in the system. So now explain again, what is a Jedi exactly? Again, I didn't get So the thing. Jedi is this interesting character. Sometimes they're recognizable, sometimes they're not at all. They move through the Empire, through the alleyways of the Empire. They are shapeshifters. They can change their personalities, their language, their dress, everything. So yeah. what do you call these spiritual beings now? What? They are, yeah. Yeah, they really are. They're outside of any uh, religious tradition, because often religions don't have, don't have they don't have spiritual components. Uh, they're more like Sufis. Yes. Uh, the original saints that the Catholic Church barely tolerated. They're very powerful beings. I'm meeting more and more of them these days, and they um, they're the hope. They're they're the force, effectively. Oh, we have to make you have your safaka glass. We have you have to have it in the earth pot. Yeah, thank Zirka. you. You're going to experience that. It's oh. a totally different experience. It's a totally different experience. <laughs> thank you, Shini. And then I'm going to take a picture. Uh. Oh my God, Bruce! I've always had this thing that you and me are going to do have a connection in the future. I know it. It's been in my subconscious for years. Hmm. And now that I think you know, we're finding it. The main, the, yeah, we're finding it. We're finding it, yeah. I get it in a nice earthen pot. You have to take my picture of I'm me taking. drinking from the earthen pot. See, I'm drinking this... This a is horrible water. Horrible water from the... Um, because we get it from... Yesterday I drank rainwater. See, this is from uh, the lock-in, from the grid, right? This is from the grid. This is water from the grid. But we're making we're making it better by putting it in this earthenware. Oh, like 
So you can get a picture of me taking my... Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we just transformed this, this Nestle horrible, I can't pure life, stand it. horrible it's water. It's removed of all nutrients, Yeah, dead. And it, we put it into but Bruce, this. Uh, I can't believe your term, lock-in. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, it's what's going on. It's it's that's so Bruce. I swear, my journey is that now. Mm. I'm up against all odds, mm. and I'm just. I know I'm I'm the Jedi. I'm there. I hang in there against. Now I've stopped, but I've started again. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because in a way, you know, there's there's so many practices like art of living that are helping people get so far. Yes, they're therapies, right? They come down to a certain level, but I don't think they touch uh, core trauma. Like they don't touch core programming. Okay. But now there's these new practices that come and meet them, and together the new practices go under the core trauma and trigger it and roll the people. But if you have the meditation practice, you have breath work, it softens your system and opens your system so that you can actually do core trauma work with different techniques that are actually curative rather than just therapeutic. Okay, so there's a difference between therapy and yeah. cure. And most of uh, yogas and meditation, and they're all therapeutic. They're right? therapeutic. They're not curative. So what would you categorize in the curative? There are these new techniques, somatic. It's all about the body. So somatic, yeah. The body holds trauma and it holds the ancestral lineage. And if you have an injury, like a, a wound when you're a little baby, yes. or when you're six or seven years old, or when you're 14 or 15, different types of upsets, uh, it creates core programming, which runs as a little thing. And when people describe that they wake up and they're miserable every morning, they don't know why, yes. or they fall into dark depressions or things like that, it could be uh, the core traumas. Absolutely and right. E Eckhart Tolle called it the pain body. Pain body, yes, yeah. Bruce. And the pain body is now understood by science to be uh, a dozen or so types with different behaviors. And so the, the, these new practices literally work at triggering the person into the release of that core trauma. Beautiful. And there's a number of them, schizoid, masochist, uh, psychopath, uh, woundings around uh, not getting enough love, and what's called oral, oral compensated, uh, people who become very rigid, they have a rigid personality disorder. Uh, these, these are all well classified now, so there's techniques now, methods and practices for that. Unbelievable. And because in a sense if you're sitting on a cushion, when you're meditating and going very still, you're not allowing the body to do anything, right? You're going into this state. The body can't express. It can't. It can't. You're, you're turning it off. You're, you're ignoring what is deeply held. On the other hand, Bruce, it releases at the cellular level. It releases mm -hmm. at the cellular level. It does. There is an exchange, you know? Yeah, but if you can tie that, that clarity what we find is, for instance, in our practice, I'm in, it's called luminous awareness. I'm in the third year, I'm now in the practitioner training track. 
would trigger them, trigger their body into release, the body starts undulating. Mm. It's a really amazing thing to watch. It used to be called the possession in the old days. Women in the 14th century in Europe knew how to deal with this. They called it spirits or demons. Or Got it. The entire shamanic world was based upon talking to those, those injuries, those wounds, and the protectors around the wounds. The entire shamanic world, 300,000 years of human history, had practitioners who could see and talk to those internal systems. That was the, the big healing modality. It was curative. And now that's returning. They're the part of the force, really, in a way. This ancestor that we belong to, he was famous that anybody coming screaming and shouting and so-called possessed, ah. they would say by the jinns, jinns as demons in our part of the world, they would be closed into the room and when the person comes out, they would be fine. So yeah. he was famous for releasing the demons. He was? Yes. Oh. Our direct ancestor. Yeah, okay. He was a shaman. He was a shaman. He was a shaman, yeah. And those people are returning. They're coming back. Yeah. It's, the, it's the really powerful stuff. Because if you have a misbehaving politician or a dictator or yes. people going crazy, right? They're yeah. coming from pain. You know, Sri Sri said, you can't have world peace without inner, inner peace, peace, right? But how do you help those people that are coming from pain and suffering who then put it out into the world? You know, how can you help them release that? Through daily practices, but sometimes there's a deep core programming that will always come back. You know, they get triggered and boom, it all goes out. Ram Das has a famous expression which was, think you're enlightened, spend a weekend with your family. <laughs> and you get triggered, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. You're screaming and you're miserable. And, and your buttons are pressed. That's right. <laughs> so even with Ram Das or, or Jack Cornfield or all these people, they recognize this, you know, the blessed souls that they are. But they are self-aware. So the key to healing those kinds of deep things is to be aware and separate from them. Yes. Not attached to them. And see that they're coming around and see it as a... Yeah, watch them do watch their thing. Watch them do their thing. And then come down, but don't attach to them. And like, I'm not going on your ride. I'm just going to watch it happen. And you're two beings watching. At the, at the moment, yes. And that's how Eckhart Tolle came to his awake opening. He was suicidal one night. And then he asked the question, why am I doing this to myself? Then he realized, I'm two entities. And then he separated from the process of one part making the other part so miserable and then they they disappeared and he became one being yeah. wow then they disappeared yeah but whenever they become two you have to just see it the seer and the scenery yeah this is Asher's call when would you like to meet oh Ji um. Asher so yeah, what you're saying that after people get relieved then and the window opens that's when very few people actually go through with yeah. what they have seen. or. So, for instance, while you're doing your breath work, yes. there's a space that sometimes opens, Obviously right? Obviously it does, yes. And, and it could be full of emotions, yes. right? completely packed with emotions. Agreed. Uh, or it could be very spatial. It could be a blue horizon or something very powerful comes in where your body could be shaking or something happens. Yeah. So you get a vision and... That's the doorway. And 
then, you know, in a sense, the practice is to become the Atman, the observer. Yes. And not to attach to it, but allow it to perform, allow it to completely express itself and unfold. The difference between the seer and the scenery. Yeah, and the scenery is you. And the seer is the intelligence. It's the field itself. Yes. So you're taking a position, it's called a viewpoint, a little bit removed from that to observe in a loving, compassionate, open-hearted way this process that is now moving. You could unify with it. You could let it act out if it's a little child that's screaming. Yes, if it's a problem. Yes, Uh, just view it. Just view it. Be compassionate about it. If it's a very etheric thing coming in, um, invite it. If it's an ancestral thing, like a tortured pain, have a complete uh, heart awareness and allow it to have its pain, to go into the pain. But even as though your body is going into pain, you're still maintaining that intelligent viewpoint. And stance. Yeah, because if you're taken down by the whole system, then you roll through it. So that's why Kriya, Vipassana, um, extreme states of medicines, healing medicines like the Weechola using peyote, practices like sweat lodges, uh, they all push a person to an extreme so that then this opening can occur. Beautiful. It's the idea is the opening, huh? But then there are practices to work with the opening itself. That's what you're talking yeah, about. And that's yes. what's coming in to this sort of almost Jedi-like. So, for example, the two women that run our program, they use different techniques. They can go up to a person, and one of them can just do something in the air and crack open their energetic field. Just bam, like that. They can come up from behind me and do it, and I'm not aware that they're there, and suddenly my system is completely wide open. Mm. That's how powerful they are. Uh, the other one, she has a, a different technique. She comes up and talks into your ear, almost like baby talk. And she's actually talking to the little protector that is protecting the trauma of the wounded child. And it starts to listen. like, oh. And she's talking to it, the being. Beautiful. And then it comes out. And then she can actually feel and sense and see this being coming out because it's been, it's been met. Right, and then, then the healing can start. It's really powerful stuff. Yeah. So that yeah, that's that's the the, <laughs> the leading. I think of it as the leading edge. I mean, but in combination, so so the group does um, zogchen. We do uh, tai chi, like energy work to prepare the body. We do meditation. Like a very beautiful Zogchen type meditation. How do Zog as Zedo? Zogchen is the original Tibetan Buddhist or Buddhist tradition for ordinary people, and it was called the short path, right? And instead of these long, what the Zogchen? I'll, I'll show you. I can demonstrate. That's Zogchen. So a person is in a state of sort of going to do meditation for like hours and hours and has this long plan and then teacher does this to them. It's the short path, right? To crack that system open so they're not like preparing for some thing and building up some long thing. No, it's the short path. It's a direct opening. 
It's so, like a pattern interrupt. Yes, it's like a pattern interrupt. And so that, that's the entire tradition, and it was used by kind of peasants. And that kind of practice is basically saying you don't need to be in the monastery for 20 years and whatever. You don't need to sit 10,000 hours in meditation. There are ways to have direct experience, of a direct open awakened experience rather quickly and to stabilize that so often people do that they they come to these open awakened states and you get what's called a glimpse of it and then the key thing is to how to stabilize that in your field and your existence you know when i was in china i met with wendy ma in shanghai and she's a zogchen master and amazing if you you come into the room with this woman and wow you can feel it from her system she's so powerful she's so present so she's like the old china like these patans are got it and she is taking a mission to bring that back to china because china's now being taken over by lock-in right it's being locked in it's being locked in. It's being locked in fast. In front rapidly. of our eyes. Yeah, and it's going to lock in all of Asia. It's right? going to lock in all of Asia. It's going to lock in Pakistan. It's going to lock in Pakistan. It is. It's a machine. It's on the roll. It's on the roll. Yeah. So all the more this handmade thing has to be. And, and heart. The heart that you bring into the business. You give these people economic power. So Dilka is a good name then. Bas, that's it. Dilka is good. Because if these people don't have any economic power, they can't they can't create any independence. They're going to end up working in a IT or something, or their kids are going to end up going to work in IT. It's like the, the Quechua children going to study to work in tourism, right? So they lose the next generation. So what you want to do is make all of these these artisans successful, so their children can be in their business and not have to kill these villages. Right, and the kids are moving to Lahore and Islamabad, and they're working in the airport. You know, they're lost right? because they have the ancestral lineage of these of these arts. You've done it for me. You know, the other day I went to Charsada, and I found I went through the gullies, and they kept showing me the machine, and I found the guy who's been doing this handloom cotton. Hmm for 40 years wow. and he does tick, 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 and he says I, I, I do a prayer on each thread so these have the guys have to be locked in Bruce. Can, can you imagine doing the video of I have done it you have done it I have done can it can you imagine what that will do when people see that so I'm going to show it to you and Achha, now let, yeah. let me edit that first that's a good one because can you imagine a person seeing that online now this is the Pathan cloth this is the Pathan chadar that they wear. There's no sweaters, there's no jackets, mm. there's no scarves, there's no... Ha a Pathan just wears that. Right. And it can be a throw, it can be a, a sofa cover, it can be a mm. curtain, it can be a beautiful... It's the most amazing and that's what I have to do. Okay, now Bruce, last question. Mm. My family name is Min Allah. Mm -hmm. I have the name of God in mm. my name. Mm -hmm. Let me use that. Yeah, use it. That's yeah. me. Because you're that would be keeping my ancestry alive. Yeah. And and also the acceptance. People in countries that they don't think much of the Muslim world and they make a connection through the name. Yes, the they buying do. from Min and Allah. You know what? Soul sanctuary is very far eastern. Yeah. It doesn't feel like from this region. Right. 
So should I just minus that? I think that's not yeah, lucky just, for me. Just it just never came yeah, about. Put the statement as bold as you can, straight up, min Allah, and people will buy from it. And you know what min Allah means? From God. You know the the fellow. So the the the, the gift is from God. Right, and the ma- the man is doing a, a prayer for every thread. Yes. Can you imagine somebody seeing that? That that is almost the logo for the for Min Allah, because he says a prayer for every thread in that oh Pashtun throw. And so, if somebody who buys that feels the power of every prayer. A thousand prayers are in this. Thousands and thousands of prayers are They're in, in this. there. And the guy has been authentic and beautiful. And who, and who is? I mean, yeah. And you know, just going to that place gives me joy. Mm. And I and I was getting a sinking feeling. I said, I can't bring people to a building. What am I doing there with the building? Yeah. And as you said, that's just a fulfillment center. It's, it's fulfillment a place center. to it's show media show preparation, rent, promotion, rent, rent. finance, counting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to bring anybody. It's all logistics. Akram and it's Road just that logistics. kind of place which is logistics. It's, it's just, back. Yeah. It's a perfect logistics center. Yeah. And over here, inshallah, I can create the pole ho- pole homes. What do you call them? Pole houses. <laughs> pole houses. Yeah, this place is where you bring buyers. It's where you bring the artisans. Yeah. It's where you you bring the re- media reporters who are coming to cover your business. Everything will happen. Everything here. will happen here. Acha, Bruce, if I'm near the lake and I have a problem with sewerage, what do I do then? Oh, um, for I the r- r- residential room, huh? So now I don't need to. I'm not making a retreat. You're not making a retreat. This is a place where we're having a meeting like we're having. Business planning, brainstorming, creative. And no more building. That's you don't need necessarily to house people here. For a few days you could. But for instance, here, can you imagine you might have, uh, say you had a group coming in. Yes. And you have Minala's top crafts work are all displayed all over the place here. On tables, all over in just the sunlight. The oh, yes. Just the crafts. Can you imagine? And there's people. And then on, on, and on these carts, by the way. This is my dream. On these carts, yeah. No, so for when? For when? Come along, come again. So uh, a gala event. Yes. This is the top people in different countries, and the best buyers, right? So the people who have bought a lot of this craft, and they're all invited, and they're here, and all these works are here, and the carts are out, and it's. Just fantastic. Just for f- from people for from abroad. For top people, it could be a somebody who's covering it for the news, uh, documentary, a documentary film crew, uh, buyers, people who are super. Yeah, fans and just as you said, having them collected, having all the best pieces of yeah, things. yeah, here for display, and and what, then putting that also onto the site and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's all recycled. So listen, my then when I'm connected to these p- selling places in the world, these the link goes on to them. The website link. How do they, how? Do yeah, you just uh, share the link on Instagram on the different selling sites. Just make accounts. Like somebody will figure that out for you. Somebody will go. Yeah, yeah, there are many. You know, Shares has built a whole business on that. There's many people who like can get it out in 20 places, yeah, and then just manage all the traffic. And that video of the Weaver guy. Putting a prayer yes. in every thread, that's yes. probably, that's so powerful. That could be your opener. On the website. That could be the, the top, like, we are Minala, and here's one of our artisans and his story. And he puts a prayer in every thread. People are going to go, oh, that is so beautiful, right? 
a prayer in every thread. So I should be what Minala what to come back to the circle Minala. Yeah, Minala, uh, artisans of Pakistan. Pakistan, artisans of Pakistan, and then whatever you want to put in the logo, is that's going to change depending on the product or the Beautiful. part of your website. Please, God bless you. You have just <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. No, I want to be one of your best customers. Bruce, you've just solved it all for me. So there you have it. Another day in the life of yet another society undergoing massive transformation from old ways to new. But why, you might ask, would anyone want to leave remote village life and move into an apartment tower over top of a shopping mall and get their smartphone life dialed in? Well, why not? Certainly there are more things to do, more products to consume, and a future for the children. So more and more people in Asia are taking that option, wherever they can get it. 600 million of those souls in the past two decades in China alone moved into cities. But for the Pashtuns, one of the very few functioning societies living outside of this all-consuming lock-in, the old ways continue on. Driving into Shinny's retreat, I was met by one of these fellows, also known as a Patan, who has no cell phone, no connection to so-called modernity, by his own choice. I will never forget the intensity of presence in this man's eyes. Thank you again for tuning in to the Levity Zone. Find more of my musings, ramblings, and travelings at www.levityzone.org and feel free to reach out to me via my personal site at www.damer.com